Hey everybody, this is Sean and Natasha from Operation Frontline Families, and you're listening to the Caregivers Uncorked podcast, the show that explains all things caregiving for those that love to talk about the not-so-nice side of caregiving. Today, the shit. The the shit. shit. Today, we're going to talk about boundaries. We figure it's the new year, and this is kind of like a caregiver resolution. I don't know how many of you like resolutions and all that crap, but we're going to take it like a step further and talk about boundaries in caregiving. It's the new year. I think a lot of times many of us don't know what setting boundaries looks like, especially in the caregiving journey. Right. Unless they've been with us to our restored weekends and we lay down those um, those rules on how to keep boundaries, how to establish boundaries and what happens to you when those boundaries get pushed by someone else. And then what that does to your mental health. Right. So I think for a lot of people who know us, they probably have those boundaries that they remember putting on paper and voicing to our group. But for those who don't, boundaries are super huge to us. Um, They're good to keep in place for your own mental health. And it's good to revisit those and maybe add to them and maybe sometimes take away. Maybe one of those hard boundaries that you had, maybe can go off the list. Who knows? Absolutely. And you made a really good point. Okay. But first of all, when you were talking, I was thinking a few years ago, you said something so amazing about boundaries. Do you remember? I think it was something about like hard and soft boundaries, but you said it in a way that was so amazing. And for someone that really needed to set boundaries along the way of caregiving for my husband, who is a veteran, it it was so impactful to me. Well, because I, I do remember that because we put it on the board and we had three categories of like our rigid boundaries. And those are the ones that they're not moving no matter what. And maybe what happens when those get, you know, pushed and those boundaries and lines get crossed. And then we had more flexible boundaries and those were our porous boundaries. So they kind of move in and out and are more flexible and um, maybe more negotiable. And then the other one was, it was a, not, it's just kind of the one in, in the middle, right? No, the one you don't follow. <laughs> yeah. <or laughs> That's the what one. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. The more like, like you basically don't have any bound. You're just kind of like, eh, whatever. But we know what happens when we don't have boundaries and how important they really are to our ourselves. Well, and I think in this caregiving journey, many of us really think about these boundaries that are so difficult to set because our loved one is challenged in some way. So whether that is um, dementia, mental health challenges, where 
there's this line that sometimes is really hard to differentiate from of being what is a symptom, what is a behavior of our loved one's challenges, and making sure that we set boundaries around those behaviors and not necessarily symptoms. But if we don't know the difference between symptoms and boundary or symptoms and um, behaviors. behaviors, thank you. Um, how do we set boundaries? Right. Well, and then also, it's so hard, I think, um, because when you think of entering a relationship, any relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, a professional relationship, just a friendship, there should be boundaries, right? But if those aren't established at the beginning of that relationship, it's really hard to come in on the back end after shit's hit the fan, especially, and establish those. So for those who are listening who are just entering any kind of relationship, it's so important. We cannot emphasize this enough to set those boundaries in place and have conversations around them because it's so hard. Just think of a child. Those of you who are parents, when parenting, right, you set boundaries. Um, and But if you do just randomly, like, you let your kid go to bed or whenever, right? But then when you decide, oh, I'm going to impress at 8 p.m. bedtime, well, there's pushback. They're like, what the hell is this? Because they've got to do whatever the hell they want, right? And so it's kind of like that in the caregiving world. No, you're spot on. It is just like that. And, you know, when we enter into these relationships and or caregiving comes along, right? And we're learning as we're going. And because of that, we're missing those prime opportunities to establish boundaries first thing. And then going back feels really foreign to all of us involved. And I love what you said, have those conversations because you can have them with your loved one that you're caring for. Bring them in on the conversation if you can to talk about what do those boundaries look like? What are the consequences of crossing a boundary? And how best to go about doing that? I, I think that's really, it, it is difficult. This is not an easy, it's not an easy thing at all. Because for one, we, we love that person. For two, we want the best for them. Yet. I will tell you all, um, for example, in my own life, one of the big boundaries that I had to establish for my own mental health and well-being was when my husband that I care for, one of his behaviors in a challenging conversation would be to get absolutely mad as hell and walk out and leave the house. Mm. It took me so long to figure out why, for one, I chased after him. Yes, I chased after him. Two, where was that coming from? I may have um, took quite a few counseling sessions to figure out where that came from. But once I learned that 
it was actually triggering me from my past and what I had been through as a, a, a early early teens and um, uh, early twenties, like abandonment type. Exactly. So Natasha knows me really well. So (laughs) abandonment, it made me feel like he was walking away from me and it scared me. So then I would follow him, which it just made it worse for both of us because that then triggered him more. So there needed to be a boundary in place. And the boundary was you can, you can walk out of the room, you can go downstairs, you can go outside, but you're not leaving our house. And that gave him the ability to have space that he needed to get out of the challenging conversation. And me, for me, I knew that at least he was still there. So we could both navigate the rest of the conversation. Right, and just be okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Um, and then, you know, when we talk about boundaries, especially in this caregiving space, it not only has to do with the relationship between our loved one that we care for or our children in the home or whoever it is, our boundaries with the people that care for our loved one. I thought uh, you were going <laughs> to say Kelly, but anyway. For those of you that know Kelly, we'll introduce her on a future podcast. I'll call her now. <laughs> no. um, but you, we need boundaries right in place with the medical providers, uh, VA personnel, whoever it is, especially as a caregiver, you're going to learn that you cannot be walked all over and it happens really fast and you need those boundaries in place with those people as well. Oh my gosh, you're so, so right. And when you said the VA, it reminded me that I didn't tell you at the start of the show today that you need to make sure you stay tuned for the end and our (laughs) shit chat because it's going to be epic today. And now we're never going to ever have a chance of employment at the (laughs) VA. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you didn't want to go work at the VA. I mean... So now we we really need some funding for Operation Frontline Families because our employment just decreased in other places. So we're going off topic, but I get fired from the VA. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way. I'm telling you right now, if I was employed by the VA, they would fire me on day one. No, actually, they would hire us. They'd hire us, but they'd fire us. No, they wouldn't. You can literally kill people and (laughs) work at the VA. Oh boy. Wait a minute. Is this shit chat right now? Hold on. (laughs) Did we start shit chat early? I mean, kind of, we can go for it. Why not? We can have a longer shit chat. Let's talk about boundaries (laughs) around those systems of care. Yes. Right? So, when you have a boundary around a system of care, I can think about going with my husband to an appointment or if he happens to end up in patient care, i.e. he's had a mental health crisis and he ends up at the hospital, what's those boundaries that I know I need from those medical professionals to navigate that system of care? What does that look like? 
what the caregiver needs or the veteran needs are just you both. Both, really. But I'm putting you on the spot. No, I think... So when I think about, I think one that comes to mind is your access to the medical records and the shit they put in there. Um, they cross a lot of professional and ethical boundaries with the bullshit kind of wording they use in medical records. And we know that, right? Yeah, we do know. And that, they should be called out on that like it, mm-hmm. because it's terrible, um, especially unethical. And... If you bring that to, if that's your, like, no, you are not using this language in here. It's wrong. It's unethical. That should be anybody's boundary because those, those medical records, they follow you and they determine the kind of care, like the caregiver program. Use your example, please, of your marital discord that, you know. Or even taken off his sign of suicide. Like both of those were huge ones that I can think in my head with your own personal story that was huge boundaries. Like it's just not okay. Absolutely. So um, what Natasha is talking about, I happen to be in the VA caregiver program, the shit show that that is. But when my... Husband and I met. My husband has uh, challenges around PTSD, depression, anxiety, suicidality, which we all know affects relationships. And it really affected ours. But one of the things that Brian and I always did ahead of time, let's get ahead of this, right? We know that there may be some issues. We're both bringing baggage to the marriage anyway. This isn't our first go round. And so we went to the VA for um, um, marital counseling. So when I looked at the medical records, because you have access to those, they put in a diagnosis of marital discord. This has been years ago, but it has followed us from appointment to appointment to year to year, even when we stopped going to therapy, it was still in there. And unfortunately, if he ended up inpatient due to a suicidal crisis, they, the providers, would look at that and not talk to me because heaven forbid there's marital discord going on And another thing that happened was that they would immediately ask him, how's your relationship? Instead of what happened to you. How are you managing your symptoms and what's going on with those behaviors that's presenting? Yes. It's like the relationship was to blame and not that other Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know I'm not the only one that has gone through this and had the the marriage to blame or the caregiver was to blame. And it took us a good long time to get that marital discord diagnosis, which really isn't a um, (laughs) DSM-5 diagnosis. diagnosis. Um, Remember, y'all, we're social workers here. And it, it really affected not only his care, because he's trying to but get how them they to understand. Yes, with you, 
Absolutely. So boundaries on systems of care and making sure everyone listening understands that they can speak up. You have the right to speak up. Go to patient advocacy, go to the White House hotline. If you have to take it even further, go to your senators or representatives. You do not have to stand for false information in your in your records. That's setting a boundary. Well, and what I don't think people understand what could have happened um, to his care and his level of care had that stayed in there. You could have been, I mean, if I worked in the caregiver program and I saw that, I'd be like, how's she a caregiver then? She needs to go. Bye, Sean. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Bye, you, Felicia. Right. You could have been like kicked out of the program because how are you a caregiver and there's all this marital discord, right? You're exactly right. And, and that's so what I was con- really worried about. That would about. have been a huge consequence to his care. Yes. And it really, the last few times that he was inpatient, it did affect his care. That was part of the problem. Because they didn't communicate with you. They did not communicate with me. They didn't really understand what was going on because one side of the story, when someone is in a crisis, your brain's not functioning anyway. Therefore, you need that. You need that second person going, hey, no, this is what's going on. But at the same time, my husband always wants me as part of the care team. So when he is inpatient asking them to call, he's not getting the appropriate care that he needs because he's so focused on that. Right. And with that, I think that's a pretty good segue into uh, our shit chat. But real quick, I know people are like, well, shit, how do I establish boundaries? You know, what does that look like? It's so personal. It looks different for everybody. Um, How many you have in place? All of that looks different. What I like to tell people, though, is when something's done to you, whether it's physically, verbally, whatever that is, and you have to be in tune and pay attention to how your body responds to that, you can set boundaries based on how your body responds to certain things. When something doesn't make you feel good, whether it's physically or emotionally, then you should reflect on that. And that's probably a good indication that that's, there's a boundary that can be in place surrounding those feelings you have. I like that. I like that a lot. And when you were talking, one of the things that I thought about was you don't want to set such a large boundary that you cannot follow, i.e., if you leave the house in a rage, I'm divorcing you. I'm divorcing you. <laughs> All yeah. right. You cannot set that boundary unless you know that that is truly what you're going to do. Right. Period. You cannot set that. Because that's the easy one to be pushed. Leaves the house. Oh, look, I don't get a divorce. And then that, that pattern and that behavior continues. Again, just like with a child. That boundary, when that's pushed and the consequence that's mentioned doesn't happen, it's going to happen. That person is going to do that thing again. You're reinforcing. I mean, we're people. We're human. That's what we do. Right. right? And you're reinforcing the not so great behavior. Right. No matter what. So set boundaries that you know that you can keep and in, in our experience, in my personal experience, 
that boundary had to be set. We were in counseling, not at the VA at the time, in um, counseling, and they helped us set those boundaries and what that consequence would be if he did leave the house. What was that? Yeah. What? Yeah. What was it? Did you have one? You don't come home. Yeah. I'm like, you don't come home. You cannot come back. I.e., you're going to have to go and stay at your mom's. And at, at the time when we had these, when I had these boundaries in place, we actually don't have this problem anymore. Um, but that's a testament to setting boundaries, keeping them. And then we're moving on. He knew, he knew I was dead serious. Dude, your stuff's going to be on the front step. You can come back and get your clothes, but you're not stepping your foot back in my house. You're going to stay somewhere else until we can come back, discuss this, and make amends and put these, make sure that these boundaries are in place. Well, and then when I'm thinking about our restored weekends and all the caregivers that we've worked with, I'm trying to think of the common things and the common themes that happen in our in our homes as veteran first responder, um, military caregivers, and what that looks like. Um, because I feel like it's a lot of the same boundaries that probably should be in place. Um, can you think of any off the top of your head that as a whole that are common to this space? I think the big one is angry outbursts and isolation. So sleeping for days on end. My husband happened to, for a very long period, hardly even get out the couch, get off the couch. I'm surprised there's not like a deep worn hole <laughs> in that couch. Um, and it, it, in a nutshell, you may be thinking, well, he's just sitting on the couch. Hey, it keeps him from living his life. It's, I, it's a, it was a form of isolation. So I think- Which leads to- other problems. Well, and then you go down that depression, and then there's suicide, and then there's impatient, and there's a whole trail of things that happen when people start to just lay on the couch and isolate. It leads to a whole other trail of issues. Yes. So this is where it comes into play of discussing what those boundaries and those consequences are going to be together. Right. Like you can rest your ass for two days, but on that third day, get your ass up, right? You're getting up, man, or I'm pulling your ass off that couch. Right. Um, But yeah, or uh, no whoopee for you tonight. Wait, what's that? No, that's abuse. You can't uh, withhold affection. That's abuse. We don't withhold affection. That's emotional abuse. Oh, great. So now you're telling me I'm emotionally abusing him for not having sex for four years. Did I say that out loud? (laughs) Now you know what you got to do tonight. (laughs) So you're not emotionally abusing your husband. No, (laughs) No, but that, I mean, that is, we can't, we can't punish him by doing that. Right. And you know, you know, I know, I know y'all don't, don't go commenting on here that I got to give that man some stuff. Don't be sending her lingerie in the mail to her office. Like trying to, (laughs) great. You know, that's going to happen now. Don't be trying to spice up things. Uh. 
Natasha tries to help me with that anyway. So, <laughs> give you. Right. Am I getting red? I think I'm getting red. I, I finally it. embarrassed you. <laughs> How do I help you with that? Like, give you ideas of things you can do. This <laughs> no. <laughs> What would happen if um, you just... Y'all are going to have to excuse me for a minute. I think I'm going to leave the room. (laughs) What would happen if you just did this, Sean? What would the reaction be? All right. Um, uh, Knowing that she knows my husband, too. So this this could really go down a a great path. I can't wait till we go to the office tomorrow. Yeah, I want to know and be like, he seems awful happy today. We're going to have like a tick board on the on the whiteboard. Yeah, that's night one. That's night two. Oh, wait, what happened tonight? Oh, my God. You can't schedule it. <laughs> Put it on the calendar. He's going to be like, yes, there's a star on January 16th. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, um, After that, can we find a boundary chat. around that? <laughs> <laughs> yes all right let's move on to shit chat let's move on to shit chat with all that in my red you ass brought it face up. i'm so red you brought it up i didn't say nothing about four years or none of that oh my god i said was we cannot restrict our loved ones because you can't withhold love no matter what that love looks like it's okay okay all right thank you for that um scolding no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shit chat. So we talked a little bit about the VA. Let's continue that. That's always fun. Um, now, I will say there's a little disclaimer. There are wonderful people that work at the VA. They help us. They come and speak to us. Um, we actually go set up shop at the VA. Uh, a couple times a month, right? Or once a month, whenever, whatever time we do it in Kansas City. And there's great people that are employed at the VA, right? But as a system, it's... It's a difficult place to, uh, to navigate. Yes. It's a difficult place to navigate. So our shit chat for today all came about when a um, colleague that I used to work with reached out to me. He's also a veteran and said, hey, I think... My girlfriend could probably get into the VA caregiver program. Can you tell me about that? And the first thing that I thought of, oh my gosh, that is an absolute shit show. So this is coming on the shit chat. I don't know about all of you all, but for those of you that know about the VA caregiver program, it is a shit show. And I had to really talk about this program to this veteran in a way that one, I mean, it it is, it can be helpful. Right. And that doesn't discourage them from seeking further help through the VA caregiver program. Exactly. But I found it really, really difficult to tell him how it would be beneficial to them instead of going down that road of, oh my gosh, just know that it is going to be, you're going to have a long interview. You're probably going to be re-traumatized. Your girlfriend needs to know exactly what she provides for you. It's just such a cumbersome process. And we know personally that it is really a hard thing that some of you 
caregivers who are caring for veterans to navigate this program. Well, and I think I think it's good to provide that truth to people that it's not easy. They want to know every single little caregiving, you know, task that you do and your role. And there may be things you do. It's almost like you should seek help with someone that's in the program so they can guide you with all of that, because there's so many things that our caregivers that we work with do and they don't realize that it's a caregiving task until we're like, uh, yeah, you thought that was a task you're supposed to do because you're married to them. Yeah. Your wifely no. duties. No, yeah. that's, that's caregiving. You are a caregiver. I love what you just said. Therefore, if any of you are, are wondering more about the VA caregiver program, for those of you who are caring for veterans or need help navigating that, not appeals, um, although we can give you a resource, please reach out to us. And Natasha, bring it on home. Okay. Go like our page at Operation Homefront Families, like our Caregivers on Court page, share us, follow us, do all the things, send us some fan mail at podcast at Operation Homefront Families. Operation Frontline Families. My bad. What did I say? Operation Homefront. My bad. Operation Frontline Families.org. We're new, I forget.